Welcome into this crossover Thursday, Locked On Bears, Locked On Cardinals podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Lauren Cox, along along Cox of Locked On Bears, I should say, alongside Bo Brack and Alex Clancy of Locked On Cardinals, bringing you your daily coverage of your favorite teams. Kind of going back and forth with both teams here. Today's crossover Thursday podcast is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head to head fantasy matchups. Winner take all. Sign up free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use our promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. Makes these makes it a little bit more of a, a fun type of fantasy football experience. We'll have more on that later. Let's let's learn a little bit more about these two teams. And, and guys, I think for, for the Chicago Bears that are obviously coming into this at, at a very different pay, place. Than the Arizona Cardinals, two teams on, on very opposite trajectories here, but we're, we're waiting to see exactly quarterback standpoint and injuries. You know, Justin Fields recovering from cracked ribs, practicing at a limited basis, but not sure whether he's going to be a guy that goes out there with injuries. So probably going to be Andy Dalton and a, a very limited Bears offense, sort of regardless of quarterback. You know, they lost five games in a row this season. They finally got over the hump with a win over the Lions on Thanksgiving, but that's not really not really making anybody feel all that better in, in Chicago. And now rumors swirling about Matt Nagy potentially being fired. He saved his job for now, but for how long? And will the general manager go out of it? Everything is kind of all this future talk, and it's kind of looking ahead of like, well, we just sort of presume that the Cardinals and the Packers are their next two games. Those aren't going to go well and that this team is is destined for for bad things. But at the same time, they're, they're not actually that – far out of the playoff hunt. And I guess a, a big surprise upset win over the Cardinals would certainly go a long way toward kind of turning some of their fortunes around. But obviously Cardinals have done a lot better job of, of overcoming the quarterback injuries and other sort of uh, alignments they've had this season. How, how have they gotten this far? Uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I didn't really realize until we cracked the mics right now that both of these teams, their years have kind of been defined by injury and how you adapt, you know, uh, obviously more severe, with uh, with the Bears, you know, with Andy Dalton and Joseph Fields and Joseph Fields, you know, and then Allen Robinson not being himself, David Montgomery being on the shelf on the IR. Um, the Cardinals have been very lucky because of the offseason they had, not only by signing Colt McCoy, which brought them to a two and one record over the last three weeks before their bye with Kyler Murray on the shelf, two of which were on the two wins being on the road. Like it's that kind of paved the way for the Cardinals to still kind of be at the top of the NFC, because if it were, you know, Chris Trevler or Brett Hundley, like they had in previous years, maybe they go 0-3 and we're having a completely different conversation. So the fact that the Cardinals have been able to withstand and overcome the injuries, J.J. Watt, DeAndre Hopkins, etc., it's kind of been a charmed year for the Cardinals. They've executed, you know, they haven't cut any corners, but everything's just kind of seemed to have worked out. And Bo and I have talked a lot about it, where it's like, when you make magical runs, in the playoffs, good things need to continue to happen for you. The breaks continue to need to go your way, whether it be things you can control and things you can't uh, from other teams. So it's been a magical run so far through 12 weeks. Yeah, and as magical as it is, and you look at these two franchises, it's like Matt Nagy or Cliff Kingsbury, they are like the bizarro uh, versions of themselves. Like Cliff Kingsbury came in, he goes five, 10 and one Matt Nagy goes 12 and four. I mean, he's lightning in a bottle right out of the gates for him. Then he goes eight, 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 eight squeaks into the playoffs. uh, You know, the last couple seasons and then Cliff Kingsbury has been kind of struggling. It's been a slow burn, but he's got the Cardinals finally in a place to compete. Uh, I mean, we talk about, uh, you know, 
Bears Cardinals this week. It's it's like I think the Bears just need to kind of take their medicine at this point. And and this is coming from two hosts, Alex and myself, that we took a heavy dose of medication to get the Arizona Cardinals healthy to where they are right now. I mean, it's just a necessary evil, and it's probably the best path a full down kind of strip down rebuild. Uh, and, and but you need to figure out who that guy is that's going to lead the charge. Uh, seems like they've got the franchise quarterback. I, I liked what I saw from Justin Fields before the injury. He was ripping it a couple times against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But man, it's it's just talk about the tale of two different coaching jobs, Lauren. Yeah, I mean exactly. They're they're in similar boats. You know, the Bears lose. You mentioned some of the names, but you did mention Khalil Mack is on injured reserve now. Sure, uh, like Hicks is injured. Danny Gervais is injured. Roquan Smith is also injured and probably not going to play in this game. I mean, they're they're missing. All of their top defensive players, quarterback, have gone back and forth. So neither one has actually gotten a chance to really like settle in and get on the same page as receivers. And they had to cycle offensive tackles for a while through the season. And now Allen Robinson's hurt. It's like they they just have not been able to overcome those injuries, despite the general manager entering the season raving about how great their depth was and how they felt really good about the competition they have at a bunch of different positions. You sort of really see the difference between a team that doesn't have that. And then a team like the Cardinals that does have that, that, you know, no one, no, I don't know that, I don't know about in Arizona, we can get to this in a little bit, but I didn't know when in Chicago thought Colt McCoy would step in for Kyler Murray and go two and one. And, you know, that you, you could lose JJ Watt and the defense would still be fine. I mean, I don't want to, don't want to like overlook the losses that the Cardinals have had, but like clearly they've been able to overcome that in part because of probably better roster building and getting more talented players underneath and, and seems to be drafting better and having those younger players develop. But then I think more importantly is that coaching difference, like you said, Bo, that like it, it makes all the difference in the world when you can get a, a young player to come in off the bench and, and play well. I've always kind of felt like the difference between like good coaching versus good and bad coaching versus good and bad general managing is like if you have if you have good players that are playing bad, then that's bad coaching if you have bad players that are playing bad and that's bad general managing for and sort of vice versa if you have bad players playing good you know that's that's can can be good coaching and and so the bears don't seem to have either right now and it's, it's definitely a stark contrast to the cardinals seem to have a, a bit of both at this stage yeah i mean it's yeah i mean i don't want to you know uh pour on you know pile <laughs> on but i mean it's you know you're right it's like but it's like the ecosystem is very fragile for any nfl franchise you know like mm -hmm. The fact that Steve Kime, Steve Kime was a terrible GM for five years. He, he was. He should have been fired multiple times. And the fact that he's turned a corner, and I, I think I think Bo agrees with me on that. I mean, I'm a little bit harsher on Cliff than, than Bo is, but I think Steve Kime should have been fired at least three times before drafting Kyler Murray. I always said Kyler Murray was his last Hail Mary to keep his job. And if it worked, great. If it didn't, okay. But yeah, I mean, it's nobody could coach and win with the amount of injuries that the Bears have had. In my opinion, I mean, like it's I almost feel bad for Matt Nagy that this is the way it's going to have to end. Like he doesn't have a chance. He doesn't have a chance to keep his job because everybody's hurt. And with Cliff, it's the antithesis of it. And it's like everything is working with Colt McCoy, especially run the ball, play defense. That's how you win Super Bowls. Ask the Bears how they win, how they've won forever. They've had terrible quarterback play forever, you know? And you know that, like, but it's run the ball and play good defense, control the clock, win games, go win the Super Bowl. And that's what the Cardinals have kind of done around Colt McCoy, even though he threw the ball 40 times or 45 times in one of the games. It was very controlled. And it's something that, you know, you have to give kudos to Cliff, you know, and, and that's just where we're at. It's been a bizarro year and it just in a, you know, in a, in a positive way. It definitely has, and I think that the Bears are kind of looking at, at 
Kyler Murray and Justin Fields and maybe looking for their quarterback to be that difference maker, whoever the next head coach is going to be. We'll find out a little bit more about the quarterback situation here for really for both teams because it's a little bit of a head scratcher and kind of go through each side here for this matchup as our Locked On Podcast Network crossover Thursday continues coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Stat Hero. No one plays daily fantasy sports to lose. Of course, winning feels so much better. And Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. Winner takes all. But the important part is Stat Hero House shows you their lineups before you play. And so then you handpick the team you want to face one-on-one. So this never-before innovation of fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has stat hero players clocking odds that are over four times better. Why? Because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or just unknown strangers. That Stat Hero puts you in control of your fate. Stat Hero is head-to-head. Stat Hero head-to-head is what daily fantasy should be. One on one. Sign up for a free account right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use our promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on using that promo code L O C K E D O N for a 100% match. Stathero.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. I mean, that was a live read right there. I'll tell you what. Lauren Cox, Locked On Bears. Alex Lancey, Balrog, Locked On Cardinals. Crossover Thursday in the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks to everybody who makes our respective podcasts your first listen every day. Um, we couldn't do it without you. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, the Spotify thing came out uh, yesterday that just showed, like, that's so cool. Can we just take a second and appreciate both <laughs> of our fan bases? Listen to us just drove on and say a whole bunch of dumb stuff, make people laugh and be insightful all at the same time. Like it's, it's killer. Thank you everybody for listening, subscribing wherever you get your podcast, whether it be YouTube or otherwise. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, so it's, it's Lauren's time to answer some questions. I'm going to be selfish with the first one. <laughs> Who is more important to the future of the Ch- Chicago bears? Darnell Mooney or David Montgomery? Wow. I think it I think it depends on what window of future we're talking about. But I think in both I think, you know, I think in both cases, it's Darnell Mooney, believe it or not. I mean, in the sense that right now, the list of Chicago Bears wide receivers under contract in 2022 is Darnell Mooney there. I mean, that it's, that <laughs> they don't have any other wide receivers on this season. So like, you know, like it's, it's not a slight on David Montgomery in any way. He's been great. And he, he was now hurt for a few weeks and has slowly been a little bit slow to get back up to the, the production that we, we saw earlier this season. But the, the kid who replaced him, Khalil Herbert, their sixth round rookie was phenomenal. I mean, he blew the Bears fans away with how well he was running to the point where like, it feels like maybe he was costing David Montgomery some future money because you kind of look at Herbert and say, well, why would we need to pay David Montgomery big running back money when we can have this Herbert guy on the rookie contract and draft other Khalil Herbert? So that's why I think Mooney, especially as he sort of surpassed Allen Robinson in terms of production this season, maybe not in terms of like status and and overall like talent and and command, but just the way he's been on a better connection with both Andy Dalton and Justin Fields, Mooney is balling out right now. And I think he's super important to their offensive success now and definitely at least for the short and long-term future. It's like mind blowing stat after mind blowing stat. Like still, the Bears, they're not going to have another four thousand yard passer another season. Even with the extra game, 
Alex, did you know they've never had one? They've never had a quarterback go over 4,000 yards passing in this. You season. mean Sexy Rexy didn't get you there? <laughs> Jay Cutler got close, but he was yeah. he missed one game that season. And had he stayed healthy, he might have he might have hit it. It's unreal. I, I can't believe. I, I mean, I thought you know, you and I talked several times on the Lockdown NFL podcast. I thought that this was the season, but you know, when you look at the quarterback position, they decided to go with the bridge quarterback, Andy Dalton, and then they went away from it. Justin Fields got his feet wet, and now he's battling the injury. The, the quarterback position, you feel like there are there's been enough signs from Justin Fields that he's going to be able to take over the reins as the future franchise signal caller. Yes, it's it's just a matter of of what that what extent that looks like, you know, uh, to what height do, does it reach? You know, do we can he be the, you know, the true difference maker or are there always going to be enough flaws there where you know, you, you, like I think he's shown you enough to feel like you're you're you got something here, right? You got a quarterback that you see out through his rookie contract and probably I guess the question is when you get to the end of that rookie contract is he going to be worth top quarterback money or are we going to be having the Baker Mayfield conversation about like, well, you know, he's been good, but he hasn't been great. You know, that that's where we wonder with, with, you know, you see rookie mistakes. He fumbles the ball a little bit too much ball security. And sometimes his footwork is off a little bit and he'll miss. It's just some of the easier throws that you, you want a quarterback. Cause he's not a, he's not like a quick timing rhythm passer the way Matt Nagy was trying to really force him to be early on and trying to do a lot of like West Coast stuff. And they've, they've done a better job of opening up and he, he's hit some downfield throws that are just phenomenal. And, you know, the comeback drive against the Steelers and, and there's been a couple of their games too where they came up short, but he put some really strong moments together in really clutch, difficult situations. Like he does the hard stuff really, really well. And so presumably as he develops and gets on the same page with his receivers, because he wasn't practicing with the first team until he became the starter. Like he, he just never had those reps with Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney and the offensive line. Presumably as he just grows into that position, the easier, the easy stuff should become easier and he can already do the hard stuff. So it seems like there's a, there's a pretty good path there. And certainly Bears fans don't have any other choice, but to be optimistic <laughs> that he's going to get there. Well, yeah, Lauren Cox locked on Bears, Bo Brock, Alex Lancey locked on Cardinals crossover Thursday, locked on podcast network. I mean, the roster is suitable, at least for a rookie quarterback. You've got a handful, like when healthy, you've got a handful of running backs. The offensive line is fine. I mean, and then you have 38 tight ends, which is your rookie's best friend. You could roster a whole offense with all the flipping tight ends you have on the roster. And then who knows what's going to happen with Allen Robinson after this year and Darnell Mooney, like, you got a bunch of young guys at skill positions on offense that seems to be that seems to lend to think that if Justin Fields is 75% of what you think he could be, you could win a bunch of games in Chicago, right? I mean, and you could win in any weather. I think that that that's a it's a kind description of the offensive line. Is that too they, optimistic? That's, that's too yeah. optimistic? Yeah, I mean, this this is combination of like offensive line and play calling that has had a hard time meshing. Where it's like it's not the world the world's worst offensive line, and they were definitely a lot worse early in the season. They have gotten better since then over time. To where now, I think they're you know average to maybe slightly below average. But when when you have a young quarterback that needs a little bit more time in the pocket, he's not the quick rhythm guy. He wants to let things develop downfield. You know, more in that sort of. Cam Newton mold of, of more vertical type of passing, right? You need just a little bit more time. And the coaching staff for a while there wasn't leaving in extra tight ends to chip, wasn't leaving running backs in the chip and the five blockers themselves. They, they weren't picking up blitzes very well. The center is kind of the weak link there in terms of being able to get, get protections in. And of course, the young quarterback, you don't necessarily expect him to be a master of the protections at the line of scrimmage either. So it was this kind of 
bad combination early on. Now that I think they're playing better, but it's still not as ideal as you'd want. And then of course you start factoring the injuries and now the wide receivers are, are extremely thin and Dave Montgomery gets hurt. So you're thin at running back for a little while. And, and the tight ends have generally underachieved that the coaching staff of play calling hasn't really gotten them until the last like three or four weeks here for most of the season, Cole Komet and Jimmy Graham were non-existent parts of this offense. And just Cole Komet has set career highs in like two of the last three games in receiving yards. So like now they're kind of getting there. One was with fields and one was without fields now with Dalton. So they seem to have figured it out a little bit more. And then, the defense has just been a huge disappointment as well as part of what has been holding back some of this Bears team too. Yeah, Lauren, I, I look at a couple of the potential matchups where the Bears can be successful. I've got a couple key, you know, in mind myself. Maybe the run game, as you mentioned, Montgomery getting back into the fold uh, and Herbert having some success uh, even in his absence. And the Arizona Cardinals' rush defense has been pretty poor all season long. Maybe they can win that that battle. Where do you envision the Bears having success if they're going to have any on Sunday against the nine and two Cardinals? Yeah, it's it's certainly not easy to find you know obvious holes that right. they can attack with the Cardinals, right? But you know, I think I, I look at, at the interior of the Cardinals offensive line and feel like you know there's some vulnerability there, depending on what's going to happen with with Max Garcia and and, and then the the guards there with with I know Pugh's yeah, Justin Pugh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know again, it's not that it's been this this massive hole of this massive problem but that's where I might look to try and get you know if the Bears can get somebody back healthy on this defensive line because again they've been injured and depth has been a problem there too but if Mario Edwards is back or what they decide to do bring it they brought in Bruce Irvin for the from the practice squad potentially to, to come up at some point to help up with the pass rushers or just loop your edge guys inside I think the the guards there is where the Bruce Irvin the the Bruce Irvin no way the Hawks great <laughs> legend Bruce Irvin as he was the Mac replacement or or supposed to be but he's on the practice squad right now and they're still wow. kind of getting him up to speed and he's not I mean he's he's not the, the Bruce Irvin anymore he's just a Bruce Irvin <laughs> at, this, at this stage of his career but it's like I, you know I look at this Cardinals defense and it other other than just like generally being able to run the ball maybe against that that interior defensive line there and, and that's that's about it because I'm not seeing I'm, you know it's in the secondary I'm not liking my matchups there. I think Mooney's going to get his yards but he's not going to you know take over and, and dominate a game and the Bears don't have other depth there and you might get some things checking down tight ends here and there but that's not going to be difference making in this game so it's 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 running the ball and trying to create some havoc for the opposing quarterback because the Bears secondary lord knows is is not going to be slowing down Kyler Murray for sure and probably won't give Colt McCoy all that much trouble either yeah Lauren I'm gonna ask you one more and then it's gonna we're gonna go on the other side and we're gonna Lauren's gonna have his his chance to ask us whatever questions he would like uh ahead of Sunday's match between the Cardinals and Bears you cover a team that is an original team they've got diehard fans and I'm curious what you think of the Arizona Cardinals at nine and two. Do you believe the Arizona Cardinals? Does your fan base believe that the Arizona Cardinals are good? Because you're kind of a microcosm of the rest of the NFL. Because no, I still feel like, and this isn't like, a, oh, poor Cardinals. Nobody, nobody believes in them. I just don't think anybody believes that they're good. I don't think anybody believes that matters that they're good. Do you? I. It's so like I believe they're good right now. And like, I, I, I mean, what they've started with seven and oh, like, I mean, that's, you can't just do that on accident, but I think where, where I come in is, is wondering, you know, how, not necessarily how sustainable this is, but like, you know, when you, when you get to the playoffs, right, it's not a team that has a lot of like, at least in terms of like recent seasons that as battle tested in that regard and some of the, and some of those big time matchups when just like a lot of like the stuff that they did in the regular season kind of goes out the window and it's like, okay, what can you scheme up for this exact game and when uh, you still feel a little bit 
stained by the earlier years of Cliff Kingsbury. And we're feeling like, because you know, there was that feeling for a little bit there. It was like, well, he's, he's the next sort of, like we brought in as the next genius head coach. And then when he struggled, he was like, well, he's the next fraud young genius head coach, right? Well, he's not actually this offensive mastermind. He's just a, a hot shot from, from college or whatever. So like, I, I don't believe that to be true, but given that there was failure in there and it was with Tyler Murray for some of that time that like, you just wonder like, is there a chance that, you know, really when the going gets tough in the playoffs and other teams step it up just a little bit and do things just a little bit differently, how well will they be able to sustain that? Like, I don't see the Cardinals coming to this game as like, oh, this is a fraud team that the Bears can upset and beat. No, I think they're good. I think they're very good right now and are going to be a, a very strong regular season team. I just, I, I do question how that will translate to the playoffs just because we haven't seen it in the playoffs and we have seen them struggle in, in recent years under Cliff. A lot of a lot of backhanded stuff there, which I can appreciate. Alex Clancy, Bob Rock, <laughs> Locked On Cardinals. Uh, Lauren Cox sugarcoated a piece of turd right there with mm -hmm. talking about the Arizona Cardinals. It's fantastic. That's why we do this here. I love it. I I'm just giving you a hard time. Coming up next, Lauren's going to ask us any and everything he would like to ask about the Arizona Cardinals ahead of Sunday's matchup. First, BetOnline.ag. Bo, you know, and I know, the BetOnline.ag is the best place to place any sort of shekels that you might like, as my co-host Bo Brock so lovely says. Um, new interface, streamline, everything's brand new, fresh, everything, and it's still the best place to wager on football, basketball. March Madness is going to be here before you know it. You better get in the flow with Bet Online before that happens. Go to the website or use your mobile device today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code locked on. Go to the website or use your mobile device, receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code locked on. Bet Online, where the game starts. <laughs> All right. Final segment Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, locked on Cardinals, Lauren Cox, locked on Bears. Um, you know, I put this game on the map from Bo Brock with Bo Brock is saying it's a trap game for the Cardinals. And because it's early morning, it's on the road. What do you think? Ask us. We're ready for it. Lauren Cox. <laughs> you said early morning there and it threw me off. I was like, this is a, this is a noon game, isn't it? Like this is, this is what we do in, in, in central time. It's, it's noon. You have lunch and you, you turn on the football game, but no, as, as I look at this game, um, what, what do you, I guess, how have they been able to win? With Colt McCoy, were you were you surprised how well it was able to go? Was it a, a reflection, a little bit of? I mean, not that they played bad teams, like terrible teams, but teams that are not, you know, they're not at the top of, of their respective divisions and conferences. Uh, 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 two of them in your very same division. How much of that was a surprise? And what do you sort of what do you sort of credit it to? I credit it to Colt McCoy being prepared, ready to go. His coaching staff, the team being locked in, and like just laser focused without their star quarterback in the lineup. Also their star wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins, and also without one of their stars on defense and JJ Watt. Uh, Colt McCoy came in there and he executed the game plan uh, just perfectly against the San Francisco 49ers. They didn't just beat the 49ers. They dismantled them. I mean, that was a win in every facet of the game. Uh, and now we see how good the Niners actually are. I think the Arizona Cardinals faced San Francisco a couple, a pair of times already at the right time before they got hot and took advantage of that because they just bullied them. Uh, the second game, the ex, the second start is like, okay, will the real Colt McCoy stand up? And the Carolina Panthers had a lot of success in, in making him look below average uh, at the quarterback position, which we've seen from Colt McCoy in his career. And then the, he got a third shot at it. You know, I don't know if we're going to see him a fourth time, but 
his third crack kind of regained trust in this fan base that he can go out there even without Kyler Murray and execute this offense. It's different though. He can't throw the ball down the field. Like you can't expect him to throw the ball 10 yards on a rope and, and connect with uh, AJ Green or Christian Kirk. Uh, but he can throw, you know, get the ball to playmakers' hands. Rondell Moore, Kirk, you know, AJ Green, uh, James Conner. There's been a couple beautiful screen plays. So Colt McCoy can just operate this this offense. He can be the quintessential backup quarterback going there and without, you know, any second thought, run and execute Cliff Kingsbury's air raid offense. And the Arizona Cardinals, you know, if they if the entire offense executes. They're going to be successful, you know, because the defense knows how they can kind of slow down Colt McCoy, and that's forcing him to throw the ball deep. But they kind of impose their will against Seattle. And I think, you know, Chicago, they just got to decide if, if they want to be that physical, if they want to kind of take away those underneath throws, it's going to be on them. Yeah, but Alex, that was going to be my follow-up question. Like, how, how did the Panthers do it? Is, is, is it just about press coverage on Colt McCoy to make them beat you? Like, is it just trying to be aggressive on there? I mean, is it, does it have anything to do with, you know, blitzing the pass rush as well, trying to get his head? Or, or how how is that formula sort of gone? Honestly, and this is going to sound like such a cop-out, but, it, but it's true because this is the one game where this has happened. And I think Bo and I even lulled into a sense of security before that game was, that was the game that the Cardinals overlooked. That was the game that they weren't, the most prepared for like they were every other week. And I'm not saying it's black and white, but you saw they were not up for that game like they were the other games previous. And I, don't, and I think, Bo, I mean, there's there's part of that to it. Sure, the defensive scheme, when a team is not prepared and thinking you're just going to coast after what we saw Cole McCoy do at Levi Stadium the week before, you, you find out very quickly that there are 53 men that get paid millions of dollars on the other side of the field, regardless of the record, regardless of the jersey they wear. They're going to smack your ass in the mouth if you're not prepared, and that's exactly what happened. So it sounds mm -hmm. like a cop-out, but it's not. Like, that's – they smack lost. Your <laughs> smack your <What>? ass. <laughs> it's three, smack your ass in the mouth. <laughs> the anatomy lesson is after, okay? I don't have time for this right now. Um, but, yeah, and then the fact that they gave – the Panthers short fields with turnovers, it doesn't really matter how well or how poorly the Cardinals perform on offense. When you turn the ball over a handful of times and you give maybe the best red zone runner of all time in Cam Newton or most effective coming right off the shelf and just doing what he's done his whole career to make a lot of money, they were screwed. And without Kyler Murray, you can't come back from 14 down. You can't come back for 20 to three down like they were against Minnesota earlier in the season. So they were, they were hamstrung. I'm, I was been kind of struck by maybe it's my just perception from the outside, but I don't feel like this Cardinals defense gets talked about enough in in how well they've played. I mean, I know you mentioned earlier that the run defense has not been good, and then maybe that maybe that's why because we still value like being able to be the the physical tough tough stopping the run team. But I feel like they've done a a pretty solid job against some some pretty decent offenses. I mean, I know the Panthers game maybe notwithstanding in that, but but what has made this this what has made this Cardinals defense so good, and and how have they sort of been able to maintain that even through the injury let's send it back to Bo yeah they they have talent on every single level of defense you know as far as the pass rush is concerned even without JJ Watt Marcus Golden's a guy who's in double digits he's in as far as the top of the league he's in there as forced fumbles so he gets the ball on the ground Chandler Jones has shown flashes of a guy that's playing in a contract year that's the all-time sack leader for the franchise as of a couple weeks ago so the pass rush doesn't uh, you know fall off a cliff with JJ Watt out of the lineup and uh 
you know, Isaiah Simmons has merged in his second season, the linebacker out of Clemson, kind of a versatile player, and he can do it in coverage. He can do it as far as physicality. He's been a beast on the goal line, making some big stops, standing up some guys like Derrick Henry and the big uh, rookie quarterback out of San Francisco and Trey Lance. Uh, and then the secondary has been the biggest surprise, Lauren. It was the biggest question mark going into the season. I mean, when uh, when Fuller was released by the Bears, all the Cardinals fans were like, go get him. We need they, they need a defensive back. And Steve Kime trusted his scouting. He trusted the guys in that room already because uh, he he knew something that we didn't. And we thought he was naive, but that this cornerback room was going to not just be good. They were going to be solid. They were going to be really, really a, a above average group. And Byron Murphy Jr. has been a guy that's kind of becoming a household name and held down that CB1 after Petty Patrick Peterson exited this offseason to Minnesota. And then you've got probably, uh, according to Alex and myself, the best safety group in the NFL, Jalen Thompson and Buda Baker. So just on every single level of the defense, I, I, they just have playmakers and their defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph, who's really turned things around after a tough first season. His last two seasons, he's been the probably the most consistent coach on the coaching staff. So it, it's, you know, it's talents. It, it, it's, it's also a great game plan. And uh, yeah, they definitely don't get enough uh, credit because of the sexy components on the offensive side of the football. I think there's some folks up in Green Bay that might argue with you about the safety duos there, but I'll leave that one for Peter Bukowski. I'm not going to make an argument on their behalf. But but before we wrap up here, I was just what we kind of talked about with in the, in the last segment. Like I think we all kind of are on the same page. You're like no one is expecting the Bears to pull off this upset. Not in this discussion. I mean, it's going to be Cardinals shouldn't have too much trouble handling this Bears team just the way they they match up right now. But if you were gonna, if you were gonna look around your roster, Alex, and find a matchup or an area, and we talked a little bit about the run defense a little bit, but kind of flipping it back on you, like where, where, where could you see the Bears maybe finding some success, even if it's not enough success to pull off an actual upset? I mean, I think it's running the ball. I mean, it, like the fact that you have Darnell Mooney on the outside, I know he's hobbled. Um, he's he makes fast people look not fast. You know, and he runs every route in the route tree. He's got great hands. He's great on the sideline. He's great in the middle of the field. Like they've they've hit a home run with Darnell Moody. He's one of my favorite players to watch in the NFL. Um, with him and the the ability for him to take the top off a of defense that can be utilized to open up the run attack, which I think is where I mean, Khalil Herbert's shown that he deserves carries, and David Montgomery went healthy. We saw from the second half of last season through now when he's healthy, the dudes in RB one. He's a three-down back. He's an RB1, so I think that's going to be it because they're going to have to control the clock. Andy Dalton obviously has limitations, but just like Colt McCoy, Andy Dalton is getting paid $10 million for one year for a reason. He can win a lot of regular season football games. We've seen it. Made the playoffs first four or five years. You know, win above replacement isn't great if we're going to talk about that, but it could be worse. Look at how much bad quarterback play there is in the NFL. Like, it could be a lot worse, and Andy Dalton can win a football game at home. But I think it's going to be the run game the Cardinals are going to have to worry the most about. It does feel like it's it's sometimes a reflection of the supporting cast throughout Andy Dalton's career, and that's where Bears fans have yeah. been a little bit a little bit nervous. Yeah, yeah. And I also think you know, just like the the Carolina game, anytime you lose that uh, the takeaway battle, you're going to be in a position to where, the, especially an underdog like the Bears, are going to be able to hang around. And you still got Eddie Jackson in the lineup, right? I mean, he seems healthy. Eddie Jackson this season has zero interceptions, but more importantly, zero pass breakups. Wow. Isn't even, isn't, that's, he's having the worst season of his career, and it's a big reason why this defense has played so poorly. 
Well, hopefully he doesn't get back on track. Let's hope that this is not an Eddie Jackson back on track, uh, get right game for the, for the Cardinals' sake. Angelo Blackson also is playing well for the Bears, former Arizona Cardinal. That uh, he's he's forced two fumbles. It's just you got to take care of the football. I mean, that's that's pretty simple stuff for any football team. It's what the Bears' defense is wanting to get to more of those turnovers. It's something they've been trying to get back. That was what made them so good in 2018. In addition to you know just having a lot more talent then too, they're definitely going to be trying. But the problem is, well, Fields has had some some fumble issues just because rookie and ball security sometimes. But uh, I think you're right that the turnover battle is, is is definitely an opportunity there. Not 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 necessarily thinking this one is going to move the needle, but hey, that's why they play the games. Looking forward to watching this one, guys, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure crossing over with you on this Thursday. Appreciate everyone who's been tuning in, following along, like you mentioned earlier. If anybody's got their Spotify wrapped and they've got the Locked On Podcast Network as your top podcast, tweet us. Let us know. Show it to us. We want to share. We want to hear about it. We want to see who's listened to the most episodes, who's got the most minutes listened to. I really appreciate the, the fans who have tweeted me so far this week. And if, just, I guess so far, just the first day that it came out, we got a couple of them sharing that they appreciate Lockdown Bears. I'm sure you guys have I've seen you guys got some from Lockdown Cardinals as well, some mega fans. Really appreciate everyone who's making the Lockdown Podcast Network your first listen each and every day. If you're looking for your second listen, Go listen to Lockdown Cardinals if you're a Lockdown Bears listener to get more on the opponent. Or <laughs> Cardinals listener, come on, take a listen to Lockdown Bears. Get that real advanced scouting report on your team. That's why we bring you your team every single day here in the Lockdown Podcast Network. So for Lauren Cox from Lockdown Bears, alongside here Alex Clancy and Bo Brack from Lockdown Cardinals, thank you for listening and come on back tomorrow.